0: And I'm Tina. And this is Alex and Tina's favorite thing. Hi Tina. Hi, Alex. How's it going? It's going. It's going. How are it's, you? I'm pretty good. Guys, for any of our normal listeners, we are going to interrupt our normal programming and do a special edition today. And it's an inside scoop on a New York City life. <laughs> I love an inside scoop. Who doesn't? I know. And this isn't
1: going to be on our Instagram live. So this is
0: podcast only. Yeah. Podcast only edition. So we thought it'd be interesting to talk to you about something that is super specific to New York City creative types, which is the side job. Some people refer to it as the survival job, which I always hated that term. I um, hate that
1: that term, too. Um, oh, someone told me, a, a teacher, an acting teacher once said we should call it a
0: support job. That sounds better. I like side. Yeah, I, always I like, like side. side. Yeah. People, yeah, the support job, the survival job, the money job, because basically when you move to New York City with a hope and a dream and a prayer... <laughs> <laughs> you, your job is to audition, to self-submit, to rustle up work, to create your art, whatever you're doing to pr- to pursue something creative, and that's a full-time job that you're not getting paid for. Mm-hmm. So you got to do other stuff, and it leads to some very interesting situations because you're trying to work odd hours doing odd things like you're working at night you're working on the weekends you're working late at night you're working these it's a very specific situation anyway yes let's start i mean i have a whole long list because i've been in new york (laughs) a little bit longer than you but yes yes i want to hear like what was maybe your worst worst one like rock (gasps) bottom oh gosh rock bottom
1: oh man i've I, i have rock bottom Okay, so <laughs> I had been living I had been living in New York for a couple of years at this point. Um and I had worked retail at this point. I had done cater work. I had, you know, done babysitting.
0: 'Cause I'd done it all. For, you worked for Lululemon, right? I did.
1: I did. Wow. I was a, I was one of the what they call a key leader, so a manager um for Lululemon for about a year. And that was a, you know, an episode in itself. But um, (laughs) I learned a lot. And I think I was still, I think I might have still been working for Lululemon at that point. Um, And a friend from college reached out and said, um, Hey, are you interested in being a model for Michael Kors? And I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Who, me? Of course. He's like, can you come to this casting call? We've got these, these, um, I can't remember how, exactly how he sold it. But it was like, you're going to be selling Michael Kors watches. Like, at, like you're going to be like the model for the Michael Kors watches. Um, and the first date is Thanksgiving. The second date is, I remember so clearly, December 11th. <laughs> that was the next one. Like, So the first one was to, you know, start Black Friday off. And then the second date was to get Christmas going. And he was like, go to this casting call. I was like a model. Like I had never done any of this kind of work or audition before. And I went and they were like, sell me a watch. Sell sell me a watch. Like, what, you, <gasps> what would you do? And I was like, oh my God. So I had to do this whole mock selling these people a watch, but I'm still thinking in my mind, I'm going to be a model. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be a model. This is going to be so cool for Michael Kors. Like they made it to make like a really big deal. So they're like, Okay, so show up to this location. I'm thinking I'm showing up to some fancy building in Midtown. They're so Like sure. show up to this location um, and we'll, we'll kind of walk you through what's going to happen. I show up. Alex, I'm not a model. I'm papering. I am papering. And for those who don't know what papering is, it's those people in Times Square that harass you with flyers for their show, <gasps> for their sale items, for their CDs, for those things. He hands me this stack of flyers he was like we needed we needed good looking people to to hand out these flyers for the sale at Macy's no. and he's like yes and i was horrified because i was in the middle of like where all of my friends Friends, of course, you we're know, coming to all audition. Your friends, yes,
0: all your friends are walking through that block all day, going to auditions, going about their business, and you have yes. to hand them a damn flyer.
1: Yes, and I thought I was going to be a model. Like no. this, I, it was such a disappointment. It was such a huge disappointment that I completely just like canceled that second date i was like i'm i'm booked i cannot make it to the second Thank date god I, I can't do it i'm that was miserable it was like five hours of standing outside handing out flyers in time and Square. yes and they we started just giving everyone was bamboozled everyone in the group had been hoodwinked we were all like we gotta get out of here let's just let's just give these away. let's throw them <laughs> we away. gotta get out of here <laughs> and at some point one of the head people came over and they were like you guys are going through your flyers way too quickly we're setting a quota for each hour because we need you guys out here for the full five hours. And I was like, this is hell. This is hell.
0: That so is that was like, brutal. I think the worst gig I've ever had. That is so brutal. And you know what? The term model for these jobs is thrown around real loosely. Real loosely. Because it's to lure people in. It's to make it sound better than it is. I mean- Yes. Not an accident. Okay. Right. That modeling in quotation job (laughs) makes me think of something that I did, which was, I'm not sure if it's more embarrassing or less. I can't really, I, I'll let you be the judge. Um, so I'm not going to say the celebrity name because this company didn't really end up panning out, but it was a celebrity active wear, like workout, like athleisure line. Okay. And it was a pop-up shop downtown and they needed models in quotation marks, okay? So they actually reach out to my agency. And I show up. I really, you don't really ever get information. So I didn't really know what was going on. I get there. And my job for this pop-up shop is to wear the athletic looks and be in the window doing <sighs> yoga poses <laughs> for thus onlookers on the street. So I'm in like my workout gear, like doing all the yoga poses I can think of for eight hours a day in the window. There I was. Oh my (laughs) God. Which, OK, I
1: think like as a, as a person, you're like, that's amazing. You get paid to do yoga. But no, it's like you're on display for all the world to see in like compromising positions.
0: It's in- so humiliating. But like you do it, it because you have to pay your rent. You have to. You know what I mean? Yes. And I did spend a lot of years in the service industry. So, like Mm -hmm. my first job when I came to New York, you're gonna laugh so hard at this, at what I was doing to myself and my schedule. Because when you first move, you're like, oh my God, I need money, I'm gonna get. Any yeah. job I can, it doesn't even matter. I was working at the Film Center Cafe on 44th and 9th, which, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. It's now a Boca de Baco or something. Um, oh, okay. It's by Hurley's, the bar. Hurley's. Yeah. Oh, I know where. Yes. Earth. Yes, yes, yes no, no, not Hurley's. It's by um Rudy's. Sorry. Rudy's. Rudy's. Yes. Rudy's. Like the hole in the wall with like a warm hot dog. They like give you a uh, free hot dog with a drink. Okay. And those
1: cheap beers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They My restaurant used to send me in there to beg for <laughs> cash when they ran out of cash for the cash door. <laughs> Anyway, that's another story. Hi, New so New York. <laughs> I was working at the Film Center Cafe as a waitress. And the Film Center Cafe closed at like 3 a.m. Oh. And, and it was a little, a tight little black dress type of place. Mm-hmm. So I would have to waitress in my tight little black dress until 3 a.m. And then, you know, you have your side work. And It was my first waitressing job ever. And you have your side work and you have your stuff. So And then you get on the train. I get home at like 4.30 or 5. So those are my oh Saturday my nights. Yeah nightmare but again i just didn't i had just moved there i didn't know there was a smarter way to do this and, right. and actually sleep so i am working till 4 30 or you know getting home at 5 a.m and then i had another job every sunday morning as a child care provider for sunday school those at an could upper not west side. be two worst jobs to have back to back tina I know, I know. So I get an hour of sleep. I, like, wash my smoky eye off to grab a quick shower. And then I'm, like, moonlighting as a cocktail waitress, waking up, (laughs) trying to be, like, Sunday school, like, Mary Poppins teacher on an hour of sleep. It was hellacious.
1: Oh, my God. And see, now, like, looking back, of course, we were, like, in our early 20s. And it's like, yeah, I would have done that. I did Stupid, stupid things like that, where you work all night, then you get up and you go do another job, and it's now I'm like absolutely not. If I have a something, I'm scheduling three days of rest after, yeah, and yeah. and not talking to anyone for a full week so I can recover from whatever gig I had because it's just like I'm not putting myself through that anymore. No, no, no. We gotta sleep. Oh, Alex, I didn't know that about your. Oh yeah. I did not know that about well, you.
0: Well, it was before I met you. It was before I met oh you. So then that job got to be too late at night. So I went to another restaurant called Il Bistardo, which is on 21st and 7th, which also mm-hmm. does not exist anymore. An Italian restaurant by night, like a club unlimited brunch thing during the weekends. But these weekend daytime brunch shifts, you would make so much money. So I was right. working them by hook or by crook. But those <laughs> unlimited brunch things with a DJ in Manhattan attract the worst types of people. Oh my It was, God. I mean, I, there were fights breaking out. I had tables puking on other tables. Someone grabbed my butt and I poured a mimosa <gasps> on his pants. I mean, no! like thrown to the wolves, everyone for themselves. It was disgusting sometimes so many fights broke out I had to leave the floor and hide away in the DJ booth like until it was done and there's blood and there's puke and there's there's cops and then we had to hire security it was madness there's drunk girls standing on the bar dancing falling and it like 3 p.m three in the afternoon Uh,
1: (laughs) no no see
0: that's just a heart that's a no for me dog like absolutely not Tina I know but I was making three hundred dollars a shift and at the time, Amazing. I was, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, right. I'm I'm just going to do this. I got it. Maybe this is what all side jobs are like. Maybe this is what all restaurant jobs are like. Maybe this is just my life now. I mean, you don't know. You don't I know, know any I better. Know. You move again with just like a hope and a prayer, no money. It's just like a song in your heart and like so some luck. True. It's so, so true.
1: true. Speaking of jobs where you think, oh, well, this is just how it is. I remember one of <laughs> my... I was like, oh, this is, this is how this goes. So many of, so I've never worked in a, in a restaurant proper, but I've done a lot of cater, catering. Um, Mm -hmm. and I remember my very first gig, I, oh God, (sighs) somebody referred me to one of those big, like corporate catering chains where they send you out to those huge corporate events. But before I went, they were like, you have to have a tux. And I'm like, (gasps) a tux? What now? I had to go down to this special, like cater waiter shop down in the village and oh, they had to fit me God. for the most ugly, poorly made, quotation marks, tux <laughs> to wear. So I spent probably $200 getting this jacket, no, shirt, 200 pants, dollars, shoes, no. the whole, oh yeah, belt,
0: because you have to do the whole thing. But it's like, this is an investment in my catering career. But is there not anything worse than having, being forced to spend money on a yes. job that you don't even want?
1: That you don't even want. Exactly. It feels awful. It feels awful. But okay, here's the thing. I was, I had just moved to the city. I was super excited. I was like, okay, this is going to be a great, I hear easy way to make money while I go on auditions. I I've always like bright eyed, bushy tailed with new adventures. And I'm like, I'm going to be the best cater waiter there's ever, gonna, there's ever been. Okay, so I get to this event. And of course, there's like, like a hundred of us. I mean, it's, it's this huge event at the Jazz Center at, at uh, Lincoln Center. And, um, I was put initially on coat check. And while I'm working coat check, I hear somebody warming up and it's Nora Jones. <gasps> Nora Jones is the the headliner for this event at jazz at Lincoln center. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is the best gig I've ever been to. And I, if all gigs are like this and I just have to sit in a coat room and take people's like coats and tips, this is listen to Nora Jones. This is awesome. And they came in at one point. One of the supervisors came in and was like, we need more people on the floor. I mean, I had never
0: served a thing in my whole entire life ever. Right, because you've like, done retail. So there's retail yes. people and there's like waitress bartender people. I was always on the waitress bartender. I've mm-hmm. never done retail a day See, in my
1: retail life. is in my blood. It goes back to my grandmother. I mean, we, we love retail.
0: And restaurants are in my blood. My dad had a restaurant. My dad, you know what I mean? Like that's yes. just, I was a hostess in high school. It's, you know, yeah, it's very I truly believe there are like two different, two different groups. Types. Yeah. Yes. And I'm definitely
1: more the retail, but I got to this, I was in this catering job and I start doing these service things and I am just like, I'm I have my retail face on and I'm just like giving everybody the best service they've ever had. I get poached by another catering company that's there. <laughs> They come up and they're like, you're, (laughs) because I later learned nobody gives a rat's ass on those jobs. They show up and they are just bodies that haul one thing to the next. And once you've done it so many times, you, the magic is gone. Nora Jones or not. Like it is not charming. It is not fun. It's brutal work. But my first gig, I was happy to be there and happy to be employed. Sure. And this company poached me and they're like, hey, we want you to come work for us. You're, you're a great cater waiter. And I was like, that is not, Oof. that is not what I want on my tombstone. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I want to be known as a great cater waiter. <laughs> no,
0: you're like, I want to get in and get out.
1: I yes. Want to get in and, and so get out. Oh, I man. quickly learned that it was like, oh no, we don't have to expend that much energy. You can do the, I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but and this mm-hmm. is not how I operate, but you can do the bare minimum with the cater waiter stuff but
0: but see that's that's that was the goal at the time it's like okay yes. i have this whole other full-time job of you know i'm in a reading and i'm learning music i have to self-submit for jobs i'm auditioning whatever so like you needed something that was quick money to pay your bills that you didn't have to pay attention to um exactly it's so funny you got poached i got poached on a playground once when on I a was, playground <laughs> i was nannying i was watching these kids I think I was in a playground in Midtown and I was playing with these kids which I actually like kids truly like no joke I love kids um, and so I liked working with kids and so like we were playing some games whatever and this mother comes up to me it's like um just so you know like I like I'd really love to work with you like can I have your number like is this current job serving you because I'd really like your number and <laughs> it was what it's so funny but that is so New York
1: just to be like, I'm sorry, you seem like a normal person. Do you want to work for me and come into my home and take care of my children? Like, I don't think that would (laughs) ever happen in another place. It truly
0: would not happen. And one of my first like, again, really, really young. I think I was probably still waitressing at the time, but I needed more money. I got on, like, a babysitting site. And I will never oh, forget. Yes. Oh, yes. I will never forget. It was my first time getting a job through through a site. So this woman had never met me. She just read what I wrote about myself, had me to her home. She had a six-month-old baby boy. I walk to her into her apartment. She says, hi, hello, hands me her baby, and leaves. Oh my stars. And leaves. <laughs> and and I was fine because I had I had taking I had a lot of experience with babies. I'm not a crazy mm-hmm. person. It was all fine, but I thought to myself, "Wow. I right. just it was fascinating I know I know nothing about this woman and there she goes I mean wow yeah there's
1: a lot of trust I mean there are some parents that are much more hands-on but I, I've my, my experience more often than not is like hi great have a good night see you later fascinating. And, and that's it Ooh.
0: trying yeah. to think about a few more. I mean, I feel like each side job I've had has had its has led to its own mini rock bottom. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, yes. Self, you know, there's a 100 percent of moment. Um, but I was actually just telling this story to Vinny, my husband, this week because uh-huh. I have never told him this before. And this is also before I met you. So again, early, early New York City years, my friend one of my best friends, Brittany Bertier, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I were cast as dancers at a club on One Life to Live. Okay. <laughs> the soap. That's only my dream to be on a soap opera, you know. <laughs> And this is when the soap opera had turned to, it was online. It was like online Hulu, Hulu streaming. I don't know if it is now. Right. And it was, so we're, we're cast as dancers at a club. We get bussed out to Connecticut where they're shooting from the city. We get put in full hair and makeup, mini tight, sparkly mini dresses, giant platform heels. And our job is to dance in the background of this shot with no music oh my for hours and hours. Hours and no. hours. And I don't remember what happened, but something happened with production. I don't know if it was a production thing or if it was one of the actors, but something was being held up. And what was supposed to be a minimum or a maximum of eight hours on set turned into like 14. Oh so my, and you're in these heels and these we dresses. Are in, oh. mm-hmm. We are in these heels. There is not a lot of breaks. There's not a lot of food. There aren't a lot of bathroom breaks. My, I can't feel my feet. It's getting to be the wee hours of the morning. It's now 4, almost 5 a.m. I truly, and I am good in heels. I am really good in heels. But, I am not good in heels. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> but like hour 12, my feet, I, I can no longer feel them. Right, right And right. I'm starting to get severely concerned. I'm also delirious. And you probably and, have like permanent nerve damage. I mean, uh-huh, like that is awful. Uh-huh. I cannot feel them. So I take my, one of my feet out of this platform heel, it proceeds to swell up like a giant. <gasps> no. And mm-hmm, I can't. And then it's like, okay, and next take, like action. And I can't fit my fat no. foot. I can't put it back in the shoe. <laughs> oh, you can't put like, your fat foot back in your shoe. I truly oh cannot. Also, at this time, people are walking offset because we're in so much overtime. People are leaving. Brittany and I don't have rides. Like, we don't have cars. Oh we were bust in by production from New York City. We have nowhere to go, no one right. to take us anywhere. So okay, I'm pers- I finally shove this club stump of a foot back <gasps> into my shoe. And I'm trying, like, limping. I'm so- I have a limp now. There's another break in the scene. The director walks by to give someone notes, and me and my gimp foot proceed to step on her and stab her right in the foot with my stiletto heel. The director. No. Yes. The director oh of God. the whole episode. She loses it on me and she lets me have it. No. Lets me have it. And you know me at the time. Well, okay. At the time I'm 23. I'm like right. such a people pleaser at this time. In any yes. other circumstance, I would have been like I'm so sorry. I'm so I literally my friends were all like, "Oh, we saw a very different side of you this night for the first time." I just <laughs> looked at her. I just looked at her and I shrugged and I didn't say a damn word because mm-hmm. I was in so much pain. It was not my fault and I will never forget the hair and makeup artist guy. It was like, "It's not your fault. It's okay." Like yeah. it's okay. It's okay. But Truly, truly just. It was a moment where I was taking stock of my life. That is for sure.
1: I feel like there's that moment for a New Yorker when it's like, oh, that's when you get jaded. You know, or that's the the beginning of the end where you're like, oh, right. Because I think we both have Midwestern mentalities of being people pleasers. But then there's always that moment where you're like, no, I'm not going to put up with your shit anymore. I remember... When I was working for Little Lemon, this woman came in. Oh, my. She, I, I can't remember her name, but I remember her face. It is burned into my memory. And she, I won't tell the whole story. I mean, but it was um, the most brutal transaction I've ever had. She came in. She had these pants that she wanted uh. to buy. And she had a gift card. That her friend gave her for her birthday. But she said she just found it. It, it, The gift card is years old. She found it in a shoebox. It was a birthday present from her friend five years ago. I mean, it's old. And I was like, okay, well, let's check the balance. Let's see how much is on there. I checked the balance, $0. And she's like, you're wrong. And I was like, there is... I there's no money on this card. And she's like, you're wrong. You just took the money off. You just took it off, didn't you? And I was like, no. (gasps) Accusing you
0: of what? some sneaky maneuver to remove
1: money from your gift I was like, that's actually not possible because the way that the computer system works, like I I literally just did a a check balance that it's not, I can't pull money off the card. I'd have to ring something up. That's just not how the computer works. And she's like, no, you, I put my card in, it had money on it. And I was like, how much did it have on there? She's like, I don't know. That's what I needed you to (gasps) check. I'm like, Oh no no okay okay so I mean we go we go back and forth and back and forth and I was like you know because lemon really trains you on how it's it's like the customer's always right of course and I was like how can I make this up to you I was like I I don't know how to give you money that you don't have I don't I I we just like but she was accusing me of taking this money from her and I was like uh. this is not real we went back and forth for probably an hour in the store and she was like I need to speak to your manager I was like I am the manager I'm I'm the manager. I, I don't know what to tell you. Finally, what we compromised on, because it had been an hour and I was shaking at this point. I, I didn't know what to do. I had called the gift card company. I had called everywhere to try and figure out what the history of this broken card was Um, and couldn't figure it out. Finally, I was like, can I just give you an outfit? I will comp you an outfit if you will leave the store.
0: And what was your and finally
1: that? What was what? What was your plan for that?
0: Like how would plan... you would you have had to cover it yourself
1: or no we there was a certain amount of you what do they call it like merch that you could you could um you could give out and i i remember i i another like a higher up manager came in and i was like can i please just gift this woman clothes like it, there's so there's so much merchandise that we are allowed to give away and i was like can i please i i need i need this woman to leave the store because i'm so upset and Finally, she was like, I guess that's fine. And I was, I mean, she, and she just ripped me
0: apart. I and you're stuck. That- and you're so stuck. You're behind the register. What? There's nowhere to go. She's not yes. leaving. Like, you just want her.
1: And she's just screaming at me, screaming. And and you know me. Like, I feel like I'm really good at customer service. Like, I know how to think on the spot. I can fix things. And I was like, I cannot figure out how to fix this. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to make money appear where there is no money. Um, And then she's saying that I took her money. And I was like, this is insane. So finally, after an hour, I give her an outfit. She leaves the store. I went back into that back room, into our break room. And I I was inconsolable. Like, I was absolutely... In inconsolable well, it's all the shidden. anxiety
0: that you were holding in the whole time when you were trapped and then she yes. leaves oh that is so and awesome. stop
1: and that was my moment where i was like this is not my life this is i cannot believe i'm getting upset over yoga pants right like i'm crying over yoga pants that, over a woman that has no influence right. on my life at all I was like I gotta get out of here right is, because this is too much.
0: she's miserable she's yeah. miserable over yoga pants so she has a miserable life and it's just coming yes. in and throwing that up onto you but isn't it just after working these jobs when you see someone treat anyone in the oh service industry badly, it is the most it is truly the most disgusting thing to me. I, it I is have no tolerance.
1: Appalling. I have zero tolerance. Um it's absolutely appalling. I it says a lot about a person to me. If mm-hmm. they're shitty to the wait staff, if they're shitty to retail workers, if they're any anyone in the service industry, if mm-hmm. you you obviously haven't worked that job. Right. <laughs> And if you haven't worked that job and you're a crummy person to them, then it's like you you are not worth my time. Oh my
0: gosh. It really man. makes me mad. It's really appalling how miserable people can be and how they feel that it's okay to just throw that on someone else right I, I remember when so i was working at Il Bastardo, the italian restaurant that does not mm-hmm. exist anymore and i was i would waitress bartend and hostess there because at the time when i was hired i was the only woman and i was the only english for its first language employee uh-huh. so they wow. would have they would put me around everyone's from italy from other places lots of men You know like they just there wasn't a lot of ladies they would plot me around they didn't someone answer the phones today they want me in the front today whatever they would move me around all over the place so this day i was hosting some guy came in off the street looked at the menu closes it and goes i thought this was a steakhouse and like slams the menu down and walks away i just was laughing so hard like. Like truly, like this. This is your your outrage today that you thought we were a steak, ho- like a steakhouse, and you need to oh. yell at a stranger about it. I mean, right. it's truly appalling. Although I do know New York City is not the edi- the easiest life, so people get to a boiling point real quick. I've definitely yes. been there, but woof. yes,
1: but woof! Wow, oh my God, has there ever have you ever had a side job that
0: you actually <laughs> really loved? Um, you know what? Something that I think I was good at and I liked and I was actually offered a full-time position was I was a talent scout for an independent film production company. Oh, I love that. Where, and they would do reality stuff. This was, mm-hmm. um, years and years ago. Uh, I mean, not that many years ago, but I, I'm going to say like early New York City years before I met you and I worked for this woman and she would say, Okay, just go out, just go out and t- find, t- send me photos of people and their info and just ask them if they're interested in being on camera. Like she wanted to find real people off the street, not actors. So I would go to Brooklyn, I would oh, go fun. to Williamsburg, I'd go to Bushwick, I'd hang out on the G train stop in the subway. Uh-huh. And I, I would just look for anyone that caught my eye, like anyone that had an interesting look or like a subway performer or something and I would take a photo, I would talk to them. They would get really excited normally about the possibility and then I would send my report back to this woman who would keep a file for whatever whenever she was casting a real person for something. I love this. It was cool and I I couldn't do, you know, I it was freezing. I it was in the winter and you're outside mm-hmm. I remember being like oh my god I need to go in and have a hot hot coffee and have some shelter right I was literally like in the street all day <laughs> but it was really cool and I really really liked it I just was not ready to commit to a full-time and that was kind of the deal it was like a trial period and oh, then she said okay I need full-time and if you can't do that or I need I need to work some right else. but that was actually cool um, That sounds like a really cool job I worked for I didn't, I didn't love the job, but I worked for a company that I really love once. Have you heard of mm-hmm. Green Pan? Like Green Pan? Like the pans. So, no. <laughs> Okay. Like no, the actual unfamiliar. pans. Unfamiliar. This is, this is such a random. I mean, I can rustle up a job out of nothing. That's so this was years ago, needed at a few extra holiday hours. Mm -hmm. So I get this job for Green Pan, which is doing demonstrations at Macy's on 34th Street in the cookware section.
1: Amazing.
0: (laughs) Which it's a little hard for me to stand in one spot all day. So I didn't like that part of it. But love Green Pan. They're ceramic, nonstick, dishwasher safe, the whole shebang. They gave me pans. Yeah, it was a cute little like holiday-esque job. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think.
1: Oh, God. I Holiday mean, jobs? Holiday jobs yikes. can be brutal. I remember one of my catering jobs, I was sent to Macy's to hand out, you know, the Melissa's cupcakes? Yeah. The, from Melissa, or cupcakes by Melissa. They're these, and yeah. she's got these miniature ones, like little, little tiny cupcakes. Yeah, yeah, the cupcakes. little babies. So they were like, thousands of these cupcakes and my job was to stand there and like hand them out to people in the middle of holiday shopping in macy's which if you've ever been to macy's in new york city in december it is Ugh. a jungle it it's is brutal a jungle and i mean i was mobbed i would barely make it out <laughs> of the room with the cupcakes and it was just like vultures just just I And mean, I was like, oh my God. Okay. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And I'd fill up my tray and go back out and it just swarming. I mean, it was insane. Insane.
0: Tina, I just, I really, the moral of the story here is that <laughs> when you move to a coast, when you move to a city to do something creative, yes. you have to work at odd hours at jobs that you're overqualified for. And it, absolutely it really can take it out of you but it saves you for the time that's i mean mm-hmm. it gets you by i we couldn't have paid our rent at the time i know without those i know and i'm just so glad like, at the time i was thinking how do i ever get out
1: of this how do i ever stop mm-hmm. doing these jobs and then mm-hmm. suddenly i was fully sustaining my life not doing those jobs and i was like this is, and it only happened just last year really mm-hmm. that i c- got to quit everything that i mm-hmm. was doing because i was I mean just to list it all off it was like i taught yoga to babies um i taught music theory to children i um worked at lululemon i have catered i babysit um i i modeled lol jk i didn't model (laughs) Um, you know like any odd job ever and then it's like finally i found these like careers that i love which you know you have all these side jobs but which isn't the same as a multi-hyphenate right it's the multi-hyphenate, which, is, the
0: multi-hyphenate is a new term because when we were is. younger, it was it was literally, okay, we have to learn every skill in this business so that we can survive it. It, yes. was, it was truly like, what else can we learn? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I can do this too. Okay, I'm learning this next week. I'm learning this. I'm trying this. And now mm-hmm. we call it multi-hyphenate, which I love.
1: Exactly. Which And I also think having all these crazy side jobs that we've had, these experiences, mm-hmm. and this learning how to juggle your schedule makes us better multi-hyphenates. Yes for sure. And definitely makes us appreciate the work that we do now. For sure. You know, Tina. Oh.
0: What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. This was a good one. I didn't know a this lot was about really yours. Good.
1: Yeah. I didn't know a lot about yours either and this was this was really fun. Yeah. Um well, everyone, I hope that that you enjoyed hearing about our our trials and tribulations in the in the workforce of New York City. You can catch our live show every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Instagram over at Alex and Tina's Favorite Things. And also, if you have a question for us or anything you'd like for us to try, um, and seriously, anything you want to ask, anything. you can email us anything. You can email us at Alex and Tina's Favorite things at gmail.com, and we... If you want, we can give you a shout out on the podcast or you can keep it totally, totally private. It's up to you. But we would love to answer your questions. Love to try anything you've got for us.
0: Bye, Tina. See you next week. Bye, Alex.
1: Don't forget to like, download,
0: and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out the live show on Instagram at Alex and Tina's Favorite Things on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time.